This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockridge. Hello. This is our 200th episode. Can you believe that? Um, And to celebrate, we have got six films that we're going to be covering. We're going to kick off with Sharkbait. Then we have the Icelandic film uh, Cop Secret. Uh, Lena Headey in Nine Bullets. Uh, Then we've got Shut In, Ghosts of the Ozarks, and Image of Victory. Our short shot this week is Fatal Love. And then we're going to round off with Adrian Brody in Backtrack in our DTV throwback. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is Sharkbait. Five friends on holiday at a beach resort borrow a couple of jet skis for some open water hijinks, but a silly accident leaves them stranded on the ocean and one of them seriously injured. And that's when things get really bad. Okay, Rich, um, the latest film from James Nunn. And always exciting. It is exciting. I was about to say, this is. Um, you know, he is one of those directors now who, you know, he's consistently delivered, I think. And, and I think this is a real step up. You know what I mean? This, this is a total different ballgame to the sort of films he's delivered. I'm sure it must have, um, you know, brought new challenges for him, um, you know, shooting on the open water and all that sort of stuff and the sort of special effects involved. Um, I think he did a bloody good job overall um this is uh you know it's a similar a, a similar that's not the word it's a familiar um scenario we've got these people sort of stuck on the on the ocean great white turns up because it can smell the blood of the water um and it's it's then a case of attrition as we go through the cast um but he handles it with a plumb there are some really gruesome moments in this um and, uh, apart from like one I had one or two dodgy CGI moments, but other than that, I think the effects sort of really merge well. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I mean, it is completely different to what we've seen James Nunn do before. He's, you know, become kind of synonymous with action movies in in particular uh, and, you know, urban settings and all that sort of thing. Uh, And fight scenes, gun, you know, gunplay. And this is, you know, compl- none of that here. This is a, you know, Jaws knockoff, basically. You know, we're in, you know, that kind of territory again mm. of, um, uh, you know, a bunch of people stranded in, a, you know, we've been talking about, a lot about, you know, films of this particular type of... Well, we, we reviewed one, didn't we, called Great White last year? Beginning mm-hmm. of last yeah, year, I, I didn't see that one with you. But, um, right. yeah, this is yeah. From one of the... This is... Uh, they share an executive producer, I believe, as well as um, right. 40, 47 Meters Down movies yeah. by Johannes Roberts. Um, the So there's kind of this, there was this like shark movie renaissance kind of thing. It's like, you know, all of a sudden everyone's making shark movies every five seconds and some of them all come from the same people. But yeah, the, the this, I think, you know, although we've seen a lot of this kind of stuff, including variations using, you know, crocodiles and, and whatnot, mm. Um, I thought it was really solid. Uh, I thought the um, the cinematography is really good. It's got really warm, inviting colours from from the start. You know, there's a yep. sort of an opening party atmosphere. It's 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 uh, the location or the setting, I should say. I'm not sure where it's shot, but the the setting, I believe, is Mexico. Hmm. Uh, and the yeah, the the, the although the, it's it, I think it was shot with quite a limited budget. I think it's fair to say, but you don't really feel it. There's not no, a no, huge amount of extras. There's not a huge. There's not really many sets or, or locations, but it all just sort of feels it works. And uh, you can, I mean, years ago we had Open Water, which was one of the films that sort of kickstarted the, yeah. the sharks thing again. Mm. And then we had a film called Adrift, which mm. is probably the one closest to this. I remember Adrift is 
it was a cinema release one, but it, it came out as yeah, open. Yeah, because that wasn't that, that wasn't a shark movie, although they did call it Open Water Two, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, because they yeah. in that one, the it was a bunch of people and they're on a boat and they they fought, they get off the side and then they can't back, get back on the boat and then yeah, because somebody forgot to hang. somebody forgot to lower the, the ladder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was good. and this is very similar to that. Uh, it, it, I mean, the characters are really. It's the stupid teens movie mm. you know, kind of thing. It's, so the stupid teens do a stupid thing and then have to pay the pay the price, and then inevitably there's the you know a final girl kind of situation going on and stuff. You've seen it all before, but I thought it worked really well. Yeah, uh, CGI ropey a little bit uh, at times, you know. But there's some nice practice. Only, only once or twice. Only once or twice towards the end. you know. Um, Low budget, you know, it's cut it, par for the course, really. Yeah. I think so. Well, there's this. a lot. There's a lot of really good sort of practical stuff in here. You know? Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, the the, the bits where um people are getting you know uh, torn up a bit and whatever, mm. I thought was all well handled. And you know, the fact that they probably shot this in a water tank or, or whatever, I guess. Um, mm. However, they've done it. I reckon it, the night scenes. Yeah, it's, it's certainly, you know, the night scenes were probably done in the water tank. The yeah, rest of it yeah, was well, pretty much. You know, if if they did it in a water tank, they 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 did a bloody good job because it's yeah, it was water tank or yeah. open water or you know in a yeah. sort of secure, secure sort of location. But they've done it's very convincing. However, they've done it. Mm. Um, you although we've seen it all before and you can kind of feel the beats. You you are interested. You are engaged uh, with the characters who aren't particularly likable for the mm. most part. Um, the the con if I like the sort of um, the, the stuff with the jet skis was quite good. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to, I feel like to say anything more really would spoil it because it's really yeah. very basic kind of stripped down. But it yeah, is, but, but it's never, as I said, it's not visually boring at all. You know, you're not. No, absolutely. No, no. Because there's, there's good really overhead boring. shots and, and all sorts, you know, there's good underwater photography. It, it mixes it up and, and, and it does a really good job. And you do sort of feel, you know, you can feel the anticipation and the anxiety at times when, when the shark's not there, you know, anything, it's going to turn up any minute now, it's going to bloody turn yeah. up any minute, now. you know, it's, it's, it just was, works really, really well. Yeah, I was thinking that this would play really well with like um, teens or tweens, you, mm. know, you know, like a party movie kind mm. of thing. I think they'd eat it up and it would, you know, give them, because I, I actually did think the shocks and stuff worked really well. Yes. I mean, even though I've seen a lot of this stuff and I don't really jump very often, but uh, I did actually feel myself oh getting caught off guard a couple of times <laughs> and, and yeah and, and when when things do get gory they do get gory sort of thing you know it doesn't doesn't shy away from the the injuries and things that that, that the characters sort of get it's uh yeah kind of really nice the, did you see the um the, the alicia silverstone one recently which was originally called the requin but i can't remember what it i think it came oh, about yeah yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I think i saw a trailer for it I haven't seen yeah, that. That's probably the most recent one, but then there's been other stuff like. Um... There's a Chinese one coming out as well, um, which, which, which owes a lot more of a debt to something like Deep Blue Sea. Oh, okay. You know, or, or the Meg, you know, so underwater facilities sort of thing. It looks like a bit of money was thrown at it. Oh, there's quite a few of those going around. I think yeah, yeah. there's like Land Shark and what. Land Shark actually looks quite good as well, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. But then you've had the Deep Blue Sea sequels recently mm -hmm. as well, yeah. all part of this sort of wave no pun intended of um the, the second deep blue sea movie is actually really good it's sorry a good laugh i said the second deep blue sea the second deep blue sea yeah, yeah, sequel yeah. is good deep, deep blue sea three the, the middle one's rubbish it's, oh okay yeah. yeah i would like to i do want to check those out so yeah, yeah. it's kind of re, to be honest it's kind of reinvigorated my interest <laughs> in this kind of movie because i've 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 not been that. I've not been drawn to things like shallows and stuff. But mm. I thought, you know, this 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 actually took me back to when I saw a drift, and I was really compelled by, you know, a fairly mm. low budget, you know, very familiar kind of story, but just really well told and executed. What was the other? Oh, the reef was the other one, wasn't it? That was a yeah, few there's years the reef. Oh, there's loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I lose track of how many of these yeah. things. I'd I'd say this this fares favourably up against um, Great White. Although Great White had better characters, you know the, the characters are better, um, were, were more likable, you know, and he actually wanted some of them to survive. Oh. Well, what was the scenario on that? Because in this one, it is a Great White as well. What was, um, what was 
in, in that one, it's, it's about this guy and his girlfriend who run a um, like a tourist sort of seaplane well, tour of the island. Plane. That's it. Um, I remember. Um, I did see that. I did see that. Well, I remember us doing yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That, that was a good one. That was, yeah. But but, yeah, but yeah. this this favors very well, and you know I think James Nunn does an excellent job, and he, and he you know it's, it feels like at the moment he can handle just about anything. You know, well, if you think you see, like, um, I mean, Johannes Roberts um, has had a few years on him. You know, mm. he he'd been sort of in the low budget DTV kind of realm for quite a little while before Forty Seven Meters Down kind mm. of took it to the next level. And he's kind of his his career is sort of uh, he's 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 doing he's doing a lot better now. And I think the um, this is the kind of movie that can do the same for James because he's a similar kind of director, yeah, although yeah. James is much better with the action. But they they both come from a sort of a similar place, and these kind of movies can sort of bring out their strengths, I think. And uh, definitely, and you know, it definitely shows you know that he's capable of much more than standard action, mm-hmm. um, action fare for you know what he was doing for well, with well, WWE and all that Marine kind of thing. Three, for the Marine Four, he did. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm really yeah. I'm really excited to see what he does next. Absolutely, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And on that note, Rich, how are you going to score it? I am going to give it a seven. Yeah, I'll join you on a seven. Um, this is definitely very good, um, very entertaining. Uh, definitely, sort of a, a good film to pop on. You know, getting home from the pub, beer, beer and a pizza night. Um, definitely check it out. So that is Sharkbait. Two sevens. Go check it out. Our next review is Cop Secret. Boosie is Reykjavik's toughest cop, a loose cannon who threw the rule book out the window years ago, but damn it, he gets results. When he is partnered with rival cop Horder, it takes to take down a gang of violent bank robbers. More than sparks are going to fly as Boosie wrestles with his repressed sexual feelings for his new partner. Um, This is a brilliant love letter to the buddy cop genre. Um, it, you know, the fact that it's coming out of Iceland is just like weird, but I, I think it gets all the action beats just about perfectly done. I, I really enjoy this, really enjoy the humor of it. Um, Steve, what do you make of Cop Secret? Excuse me, <laughs> sorry, Scott Kaufman. Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's definitely ripping off bad boys. I mean, there's actually bad like, boys, Tango and Cash, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, there's all no, that. but <laughs> I mean, if you look, if you look at it, there's actual shot for shot recreations. You know, the planes coming over the. Oh yeah, yeah, that. The I, sign. I, I know exactly the, which shot you mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it's and, right from the start with the shot of the water. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's all yeah. very, you know, very knowing nods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know, the camera spinning around and as they're standing up and stuff like that. But I, I really, I thought the characters are great. Um, especially you see and is it Hodor you pronounce it? Yeah, Hodor or something like that. Yeah, Hodor, yeah. yeah. And the um, the female police chief, I thought she was absolutely, she was brilliant. Her absolutely mm. hilarious. Uh, yeah, action was good. The story was really good, um, especially between the two guys. I thought that was really well handled. Um, the only thing that let it down slightly for me was the actual bad guy. Yeah, I just it was the performance as well. The top, and I know it, just, it, kind of, it pushed it, meant, it into sort of Zoolander territory almost, didn't it? it was, yeah, it, it felt like it was in the wrong film a little bit. But it does not. But all these dialogues in English, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, you know, one of them does say, "Why is he speaking English? Yes. Why isn't he just speaking <clears throat> Icelandic?" Mm. But he never answers it. <laughs> you know, he says it, but I don't know. He, he he was the only thing that let it down slightly for me. Um, everything else, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was absolutely cracking. And even the, you know, the plot is... Because they're breaking into these banks but not stealing anything. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what? Well, why? It, you know, obviously, it, as the characters are as well. And when it's actually revealed and he says, you know, it's... It, he even says he's die R3. You know, yeah, yeah that's, he, that's right. He does, didn't he? He goes, yeah. oh my God, this is the plot for die R3. 
yeah, it, it is die hard with a vengeance, you know. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Action, the action done was was done really well as well. Um, which when it started, I thought that might, you know, they might lose it a bit on that. But no, not at all. They actually they really did nail it. And even the finale, yeah, it was cracking. I really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, Rich, over to you, mate. Yeah, I think, that, I mean, the, the key thing we haven't mentioned so far is the, the LGBTQ kind of gay hero mm. uh, hook to the movie, um, mm. which um, now what's interesting is the D, in the, the world of DTV, there's a whole lot of um, uh, films with gay lead characters or, you know, gay or lesbian or, or whatever, but uh, especially gay um, characters, uh, distributors like Matchbox and ELA releasing, putting out putting out quite a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. which you know, to a very select audience. And this one is kind of similar to those kind of movies, but it's it's not it's uh, it's got mainstream appeal. Mm. So it's more of a crossover, mm. uh, and and I think it's kind of a it's a film that's trying to break down barriers, but it's. It's a film that sort of seems to be in two minds about what it wants to do. So it kind of knows the the whole juxtaposition of homosexuality and, and an action hero and stuff mm. is rife for humour in the old fashioned sense. But at the same time, it sort of it sets that up and then kind of steers away from it because it respects its characters. Mm. It's kind of trying to make them like a you know effeminate or anything or parody them. It's, it's actually treating them seriously and treating their emotions seriously. So yeah. It, set up originally like and it, you know the, the the promotional stuff says like it's a naked gun style comedy or whatever it really isn't no the comment no. it, it's actually quite an uneven film because there's long periods without any humor mm. uh, and there's a lot of serious stuff that happens in it there's there's one point where you know the the hero takes his landlord out to help him on a case or whatever and gets him killed you know it's <laughs> like a really serious scene and uh it's uh, and it has consequences, but the the I will say that you know, although it seems a little bit into two minds about what what it's trying to do, that it is brilliantly executed. The the action, I mean, from the from the start, those you know Michael Bay kind of shots really set it up nicely, and uh, I thought the action was very well executed. You know, all the characters are really in- engaging and interesting. You know, the hero is kind of supposed to be like a Jason Stathamy kind of character, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got. Um, Heard uh, the the sort of uh, the more well dressed character clearly is raised. Tango Cash, it's, yeah, it's Tango, Tango Cash. Cash. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very much you know. The, so I love all the nods and stuff, and some of them are more explicit than others, mm. but it all works really well. They the, they also, you know, the whole uh, climax of a football stadium kind of thing has been seen quite a lot as well. But uh, again, final score. <laughs> sorry, it, um, it seems to be yeah. quite. Yeah, quite um, progressive with um, because it's a it's a women's football, which is actually quite topical. Yes, that's We've right. Got, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Women's uh, com- uh, coming up at the moment, and you know, women's football is becoming so big now. And, you know, I, mm. I, I don't think it'll be too long before you know it's it's properly mainstream. I mean, it's already got getting a lot more coverage, and and this film kind of seems ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, um, yeah, that sort of thing. Now, interestingly, the film's director is was a footballer. He was goalkeeper, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he was a he was yeah. a professional um, football goalkeeper who played for Iceland's national team. Yeah. And oh. apparently, he was best known for turning away a penalty kick from Lionel Messi in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. And this is his feature film debut. Whether he's made, what other stuff he's made or whatever, I'm not sure. But I don't think I've, we've ever watched a film, you know, an an an, an action film or a genre film. Well, I think we've seen some thrillers from Iceland, mm. but you mm. know, some, some sort of um, spooky dark sort of films or whatever but nothing yeah. sort of bombastic not like this, this because, because one of the things i do enjoy about this is is the fact that it does just like it, you know it ramps things up but like mm-hmm. i think it's a couple of times when hordor you know he's like the opposite of of cash in a sorry opposite of tango in a way because he's the one who makes everything go boom <laughs> you know yeah. he, he, he's sort of more the rigs character sort of thing you know it's like just you know, there's, there's a bit, was it? There's like um, a Chinese fireworks factory or something. <laughs> he, he just blows up mm. his whole district and sort of things like that and gets chewed out by the chief, which I thought was absolutely really brilliant as well. Yeah, no, this, this, this just um, put a huge smile on my face, basically. Um, 
So how did you get on with that shift between, you know, when they're making jokes and when it's actually being played, you know, no pun intended? I didn't really need some notice, to be honest, um, that much. I I, I liked how it handled the sort of the sexual relationship. You know, as you said, it didn't try and it didn't sort of uh, make either of them sort of effeminate. If anything, sort of like the two versions of sort of over masculinity. Um, But, you know, and we we have... um, sort of Boosie's character, you know, he's, he's sort of wrestling with, with his sort of sexuality, and he? he's, 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 he sort of has this sort of self-loathing about sort of the fact that he, he, he likes people. It doesn't, he, he's, he's a bit of a dinosaur in that um, he doesn't realise that his own views are outdated and, and then actually everyone else is much more um, accepting or would be more accepting than he <clears throat> believes. He thinks, yeah. Know? That, you know, even his girlfriend knows. You know, she 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 deep down she she she's known for years, sort of thing. Where she's like, oh, finally you, you figured it out. <laughs> you know, which I thought was great. Mm. But um, yeah, I, I, mean, I thought it handled that <clears throat> really well. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing you've got to be wary of is it's kind of promoted as, like you say, like a like a spoof. You know, mm. don't go in expecting that because it's not. You know, it is. No. It is funny. It is moving. It's you know it, it does tread that fine line, but I think it treads it really well. Yeah. Um, it's not Austin Powers I, or anything like that. It's not Austin Powers, and it's it's not making fun of the fact that they're gay. Is they're making fun of the no, fact no, that not at it's, all. His, yeah. his, his, you know, it's it's his own feelings and how he sort of deals with them is mm. what it comes down to. But, um, yeah. yeah, the majority of the humour is about acknowledging. Film conventions and you know yes the, that's right like like, mm. like hot fuzz you know to yeah, an, yeah. it's yeah. not really you know like how because hot fuzz was kind of like an action it wasn't a spoof or anything but it was a co- it was a comedy that touched on you know action jo- and conventions and stuff in a similar way but it was again more about the character I mean that film goes sort of you know a bit more doolally than than this one this yeah. this one the silliest thing probably is yeah I think you're right the the silliest thing about the plot is the villain. Yeah, uh, you know, mm. but the rest of it, I mean, he's he's shooting people point blank in the head and stuff. Yeah. It's, like, it's really serious. It's yeah. not like um, they don't play it for laughs. They play it like yeah. a serious scene. You're not. I meant did, to... I, yeah, but I did, I did like that henchman who's like just questioning everything. He's like, yeah. why, why is he talking in English? <laughs> Are we yeah. to understand him? <laughs> yeah, no, brilliant. Um, how are we going to score it, guys? Steve, uh, I'll give it an eight. Mm-hmm. And Rich. Yes, an eight from me as well. Definitely an eight from me as well. So three eights for Cop Secret. Go check it out. Okay. Who's seen Nine Bullets? Yep. Me. Both of you. Good. Cool. Okay, in five. Our next film is Nine Bullets. Gypsy is a burlesque singer who finds herself having to protect the young boy who lives next door when his parents are murdered by a mob boss. Um, okay, so this stars Lena Headey, um, and I think her role in this is absolutely superb. I think she plays this great character. Um, we've got Sam Worthington as a bad guy. We've got some other people say yada yada. I just wish. Lena Headey, as this character, was in a different film. I did not get on with this at all. It's just not my thing. You know, sort of badass woman having to sort of come to terms with repressed maternal instincts to look after somebody's kid. Uh, No, not for me at all. Steve, I hope you got on better with this than I did. Not really, to be fair. Um, Yeah. I thought Lena Headey was great in it. Uh, Sam Worthington just slobs around, looking mm-hmm. like a twat. But it's 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 one of them. It, you've got this great opening scene, you know, where you think, "Oh shit!" And then, you know, his line is, "I don't just kill one; I kill the whole family. So I've got to kill the kid." Mm. And you know, she goes on the run, takes him away. On she's doing like a final tour of clubs or whatever. And it just gets bogged down and it it's just slow. Nothing much really happens. It's just the you know, just trying to find them. 
and that's about it. And it was just so flat and dull and boring. Uh, honestly, apart from Lena Headey, the rest of it, I think I'll leave. You know, it, it's, it's like, it's reminded me of like someone like Turner and Hooch without the comedy, you know what I mean? It was just oh, so it's, generic and mm. been done before and yeah, no, I, I, I didn't get along with it at all. It's interesting you mentioned Turner and Hooch because I was almost 100% sure that the ending had been reshot or, or because it just seemed like such an about face right at the end. Well, but, yeah, I mean... I don't want to spoil anything, but to me, there's no way what would happen, what happens would happen, if you know mm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I know what you mean. I was like, not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. It's like they tacked it on. But, you know, yeah, that's how it couple felt. things have been tacked on, yeah. That's how it felt yeah. to me. Uh, Rich, did you get on any better than us with this one? I'm afraid I didn't, no. <laughs> the, you know, this kind of as you say, the sort of tough, hard as nails character, uh, you know, being take put into this position of being with a child and, you know, it warming their hearts and you know, stuff. It's like, but uh, yeah. you know, how many? You know, we've seen it so, so many times. And yeah. to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what was going on with her cat with the with Gypsy's character because I was thinking she, this kind of thing is usually they're an assassin. And mm-hmm. I was kind of just sort of on a default as, of trying to work out. So was she working as a, an, as an assassin or something? Cause I couldn't quite work out what she, cause she was, she's writing a book in the film. Yeah. She, yeah. She's to write a novel, but she's got this association with Sam Worthington's character. Yeah. Who they've still got a, mm-hmm. a, a kind of a, a an on off relationship. It seems because even after, um, even after the, the murders or whatever, she goes over to see him and they still, you know, have an encounter, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. say, uh, even while his girlfriend's there. But the, um, so, yeah, I just thought that it, it didn't, it, it was kind of, it, we've seen it so many times before. I thought Lena Headey was fine. But again, mm-hmm. didn't she just do this with gunpowder milkshake? You know, it's like it, it, where she was an assassin, but it was um, a similar role uh, to me, it seems. And, yeah, the whole the film's got this very particular sort of music style running through it, and the songs mm. were just oh, it's um, really... House mm. of the Rising Sun, isn't it? I think yeah, yeah. Well, because it was a bit on the nose. Yeah, none of the songs, you know, they had, there's quite a few song moments in the film where they played like a bit of music mm. right up to the end credits, and I didn't really wasn't getting on to the the, the film. The the director is actually a, a music producer. Uh, oh, yeah. The writer director Gigi Gaston, whose whose partner used to be or what was perhaps is um, uh, manager of Sophie B Hawkins, amongst other people. Sophie B Hawkins be, uh, be, being a uh, partner now, mm-hmm. or, or you know I, they they became involved and you know they're still together. I think, but uh, I think she di- directed music videos and 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 stuff, but uh, and then done a few films. But this is probably the the biggest of the films that she's done so far, you know, as from what I can see from, from a mm. quick answer, a filmography, I'm, I'm not, don't really recognize anything. And this one was quite exciting. It's all oh, Lena Headey and all oh, Sam Worthing. Okay. Sam Worthington, not sure about, but mm. um, also have um, now I feel a bit sorry for him, but Cam Gigandet or, or however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, Gigandet, sorry. He's in there. And I just feel like he deserved a bit better. I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah. kind of quite a few mm. High profile roles and in this one he's kind of he's got scenes but he has no character he's got like no. uh, yeah it's like it was it was a bit of a weird oh and barbara hershey's in there as well forgot to mention that but um yeah so there's good people in the cast sam worthington is kind of doing a doing a kind of a johnny depp kind of thing i guess where mm. they've just kind of he's just going i'm gonna play it like this <laughs> and he's just being he's 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 uh i don't know he's not he's not a very nice character but like everyone sort of seems in love with him. It's like his girlfriend. Yeah. He's like, he's like with this really rich girl who's going to help make him mayor or something. But mm. she's like just tolerating his, you know, um, sleeping with other people and stuff. And then she yeah. gets involved with lots sort of like trying to get revenge and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And what happened to her? She, well, mm. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's, yeah. 
there's no character there. They sort of introduce her in that, but there's no, you know, dimensions or anything or establishing thing. What I mean, why is she so invested in him? She seems mm. like a strong character who would just be able to toss him aside and just go off and do yeah. something. Else. But she's, um, yeah, she's kind of going all in with this loser, basically. Yeah. You know, this not yeah. letting, him, letting him sort of guy. around and stuff. Yeah, and stuff. So yeah, I didn't. The characters are not well drawn. They, the, all the actors probably deserve better. Um, I like Barbara Hershey was pretty good. Oh, in she, this. she, she, yes, she was mm. good in this. Yeah, she had she had the best scene basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> best scene of the film. But, but Lena um, Headey's done all this kind of stuff before, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw her in um, what was it? The um, the contractor with the Wesley Snipes, the, a film with basically the same plot, exactly what we're talking about. That whole oh, there's a cold-hearted yeah. Yeah. Yeah, assassin who ends up looking after a young girl and stuff. And um, you know, and he and in that one, she was obviously playing a different a role. She was more the investigator, trying to trying to track him down and whatnot. But. Uh, mm. Yeah, they're not a million miles apart, and you know it's just um, she's you know Sarah Connor Chronicles. You know she's done all this stuff. She's yeah. been she's been around for ages, exactly. and uh, you know she can do this sort of thing in her sleep. And I, I'll, I'll just be honest, I I hoped for more. I, I did think yeah I yeah really look forward to this. As I said, I like the character, just hate the film. Yeah. On that note, we're going to score it, Steve. Five. Okay, uh, Rich. Yes, I I'm saying five as well. It's three fives for nine bullets. Go check it out. Our next film is Shut In. A young ex-addict mother finds herself trapped in her own pantry by her ex-boyfriend and must find a way of protecting her children from his sex offender friend. Here we are again, Rich. Mm -hmm. uh, in another single location with somebody trapped inside. This is a bit different. This turns it to the nth degree because literally they're stuck within one location for most of the film. Um, it's sort of established quite early on that this pantry has um, a bit of a dodgy door with a dodgy lock and it can't be opened from the inside. Um, and she lets herself get trapped inside when she's trying to sort out her baby's or something and then her ex-boyfriend turns up and just makes the whole situation worse um how did you get on with this one well i i didn't really like it from the start to be honest i wasn't in the mood for, i didn't really like the characters and the setting i was it was a bit of a slog for me to get through to be honest i was quite drawn in initially because it was like oh it's directed by dj caruso that's interesting mm. you know, did, um, uh, eagle eye disturbia Stuff like that, and um, you know, big Hollywood director. Uh, the whether it's a pandemic thing, and you know, that's that's why they've done this sort of smaller scale project. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, but possibly. But yeah, it was kind of, it was so heavy handed with its, you know, setup. Mm. And then I'm watching it, I'm thinking, I know exactly, right? I know exactly. It sort of all dawned on me, and it was like, right, this is really exactly what the title says. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. like she's literally she's shut gonna in. get shut in. Okay, <laughs> I get it. It's like so on the nose. Um, yeah. So it kind of yeah, it's like oh, look out for that thing. You know, that could be a why am I why are we looking at that window? Could that be an issue later? <laughs> you know, all yeah. that sort. Of and um, the stuff the characters are saying, it all sets it up. And then she goes in the room. And it's like well, obviously now you know, now she's shut in. But then it kind of goes, oh, no, she's not. <laughs> and then it kind of adds a little, it, it, there's a little unexpected, um, you know, twists and turns or whatever. Oh, and then and then you kind of, you end up back where you, you expected to be. Mm. Um, but it's kind of, it, it kind of, it, it takes you away from what you expect because you think, right, here we are. This is what I think is going to happen from now. And I've got it all mapped out in my head and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, no, actually, we're going to, we're going to, take you in a different direction oh but then we're going to put you same sort of back but we've kind of up the stakes a bit and whatnot um but yeah i just it, it, it i didn't think much of it i quite like the fact that you know when she gets shut in we're shut in there with her so they restrict our view on anything that's happening outside yeah so it's um it becomes more of that kind of i haven't seen buried but you know it's that kind of uh, one person stuck in a in, in this in this small location kind of kind of thing again, which we've seen a lot of since phone booth and and that. But the um, 
I just wasn't very interested in it, to be honest. You know, I didn't really um, engage with it. A lot of Vincent Gallo's in there, which is nice to yeah. see Vincent Gallo again. I haven't seen him for a while, but he, he doesn't really have much of a role. And I wasn't really that, in, I didn't at any point get really invested in it. And compared to some, to like, um, uh, what's the, uh, shark bait, mm-hmm. you know, was, we're in a similar sort of realm here with, with shark. I was really having fun and drawn into shark bait, whereas shut in is kind of bleak and a bit depressing and, you know, not very engaging. And, you know, um, I felt like, you know, we, we watched that fil- uh, that short film, um, where the, uh, what was it called? You know, with the uh, the young woman, the woman goes and looks up, helps her sister because. The, oh God! Um, yes, I, I did think of that one as well. And they did um, set up with the kids and all like, that. Was it Maggie May? Maggie May, yeah. So yeah, setup is very similar here with that, but um, with some other stuff thrown in, and yeah, just uh, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Uh, okay, so this is nowhere near the best of the of this particular genre we, we we've seen some really good examples of, of this kind of thing um in the past however and and i did not like this to begin with um but you know there were a couple of moments where i was on board especially how she deals with vincent gallo's character early on mm-hmm. um you know to make sure that he doesn't sort of um molest her children basically i thought that was done very well and with the, with the right sort of level of um, anger and, and fury, I think, you know. Um, it was also quite interesting to, I mean, we, you know, usually this sort of genre, um, somebody's trapped inside a house or, you know, being stalked in a house, it's a big house. You know, it's, it's a luxury mansion usually. This one is a very run-down sort of farmhouse. You know, this lady is a recovering addict about to move somewhere, probably the city with, with her, her children um, and, and leaving this, you know, this drug life behind, which is why her ex has turned up because he is affronted by the fact that, um, you know, she's trying to move on and thinks, thinks she's better than me and all this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of moments when this I was on board with this, I must admit. Um, it did sort of grab my attention every now and again, especially towards the end. Uh, so so it gets points for that. I, th- I think, you know, the, the setting was quite unique in that she is sort of trapped for the most part in this one place and has to try and guide her kids through the situation and, and that. So yeah, it was better than it started out to be, that's for sure but not great. <laughs> um, it's, it's not one I'd be watching again, that's for sure. On that note, Rich, how are you going to score it? Uh, I, think, I think, to be honest, I'm, I'm going I'm to say, because, you know, it is well made, you know, for, for mm-hmm. what it is or whatever, but it w- wasn't my cup of tea. And I, I'll, just, I'll just sit on the fence with a five, I think. Yeah, I, I'm going to go six on this one. Um, technically well made, some some good moments, but overall, you know, it, I've, now I've seen it, I don't need to see it again. You know, it's, it's not going to be on repeat or anything like that. So that is a five and a six for Shut In. Go check it out. Our next review is Ghosts of the Ozarks. In post-Civil War Arkansas, a doctor called James heads to a secluded town at the behest of his uncle, only to find the area is haunted by strange demons who appear in a red fog. Um, this, I, I had no idea what this film was going to be putting on. I, I, and, I, you know, with a title like Ghost of the Ozarks, I was thinking it was going to be something very exploitative, you know, very low budget. It's the same really sort of generic rip-off kind of thing, you know, sort of um, riding on the back of the Jason Bateman TV show or something. Yeah. I, I really didn't know. Um, but actually, this is, a, barring a bit of pacing, this is superb. This really yeah. is. This is a really good period supernatural thriller. Um, our main character is this guy called James who um, was injured during the Civil War, but, you know, he's a physician, and his uncle, who's like the mayor of this town, 
um, has asked him to be the new physician. So he goes there on, on the way there. Um, he's accosted by someone who, and that person ends up getting taken by these demons in, in this sort of red mist. And so, you know, he gets to this town, the whole town is like surrounded, you know, with a sort of barricade. Um, and he meets the sort of various people within it. And, and you know, production values are excellent. Um, some really interesting characters in it, you know, not, not least um, the barman who, who's blind, sort of this German blind guy who can sort of work out where things are using sort of echolocation and is, is um, his wife. Uh, there's a young woman who's a hunter who lives on the outside. All these different characters, all you know, all working together. Great, great story. Um, it, it, it's just really, really well done. Um, I, I do urge you guys to check it out because, um, yeah, it's it's one of my favourite films of the year. I must say. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. Um, David Arquette is in there as well, isn't he? As a yeah. One of the- and who else is in the cast? I'm just sort of having a quick... Tim Blake story. Nelson as well. Oh, that was it. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's got a solid cut. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson played the um, the, the barman. Um, yeah, Angela ah, Bettis yeah. is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Lucille. Yeah, from um, The Woman, among other things. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just really, really good. There's a couple of really shocking moments in it. Um, as, as well as you know, certain violent moments just happen out of nowhere, uh, as well, uh, and it's just got a really good overall idea behind it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, this 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 really worked. The only issue is um, there's a couple of scenes where this sort of delivery of the dialogue just felt a bit too stilted. Um, and it sort of dragged it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do need a little bit of patience while it sort of builds up the characters and things before it starts you know delivering but yeah no this this was very good very good indeed yeah one of the directors i'm just looking at matt glass he's also a composer mm-hmm. so and he's um he did the david arquette documentary you cannot kill david arquette but he's also composed, oh, yeah. did a 12-hour shift that's right with mm-hmm. yeah 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 because so, sometimes it's they work together and other times mm-hmm. yeah so he's yep he was a producer of 12 hour shift yeah and they've worked on a few things including some shorts and stuff i think mm-hmm. so yeah they've obviously got a diverse working relationship you know they've got each got different specialties so i, I presume yeah. did he do uh, did um the, did that matt guy do the, the score for this one as well was uh, let's have a look was the, what was the music like in the movie um not very noticeable i suppose mm-hmm. yeah but, but um, overall, I thought I thought this worked really well. Um, and on that note, I'm giving this an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. So go check it out. Cool. <laughs> yeah, he did do the score. Yeah, and the cinematography, which is very good. Yeah, and the product, and the other. Oh yeah, yeah. So they get they get involved in quite a lot of different aspects of it. Mm. Yeah, not what I was expecting at all. Mm. Yeah. Cool. All right. In five, last one, and then one to the short. Sorry, which one is it now? Uh, Image of Victory. Oh, yeah. So I haven't seen this one either. You haven't seen this one either? No. Uh, it's me again. <laughs> no, no, I've seen this one. No, no, yeah. Oh, you have. Steve oh, okay. sent a message earlier yeah. saying he'd done it. That's, right. That's why I didn't watch it because he'd said he'd seen it. So I thought I'll watch um, I'll watch the shark thing instead because I didn't oh, realize okay. I, I didn't realize you. No, had nobody else that's in the ghosts yeah. of uh, thingy. Mm. Mm. I in five. Our next review is Image of Victory, set in 1948. The kibbutz of Nizanim is under siege by the Egyptian army. Uh, the film takes the viewpoint of both the settlers defending their new home and a young filmmaker making newsreels for the Egyptian people. Um, again, I knew nothing about this film going in. I, I kind of surmised it was going to be a World War II film when we discussed it last week when it sort of was mm. scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and on that note, I was expecting something relatively low budget, you know, maybe using some bits of equipment borrowed from some sort of, um, 
you know, one of these sort of, uh, what do you call them, sort of recreational sort of um, people who sort of do war games and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, uh, right. Reenactment. Reenactment. That's well, the yeah, yeah. Well, I begin with that. La- anyway. Lappers. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know, that's yeah, kind yeah. of what I was expecting. Um, but no, this, this is a fully fledged, very well budgeted um, film um, set in 1948. As I said, uh, it's, it deals with a real event. Um, so when um, Israel was formed by, well, you know, the, the Allies mm. at the end of World War II, um, obviously, you know, they started sort of um, shifting out the Palestinians. And Egypt ended up getting into a, a, a very long war with Israel um, over this. You know, they, they were backing this, the, the um, Palestinians. Um, and this film does a good job of sort of like straddling the two. It doesn't sort of um, overplay either side, really. It, 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 if anything, it is more sympathetic towards the people living in the kibbutz. Um, but it, it sort of ca- captures the, you know, that sort of naive yeah. optimism of, of of the filmmaker. I can't remember his name at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, this is directed by uh, Avi Nesher. Who, that's right. The, the, the reason I was yeah. interested in it was because, you know, I grew up on his action movies, mm. and in the in, you know that he made in America in the nineties with people like Olivia Gruner, and then you know he kind of went off in a different direction and now he makes these like art films and you know dramas and stuff it's like it's, you would never realize that it was the same guy it's, mm. it's just it's just gone in such a different direction so i was really interested to see you know how how he's grown you know how you know broad and sort of cinematic his his films have become because it, it certainly looks that way um i've not i've unfortunately i haven't seen any of the it's... others so is it is it quite a grand vision <sighs> No, yeah. not really. No, is it more well, of an... Uh, in- well, it's, it's shot really well. Yes. Mm. Uh, it looks great. And the performances are great, but to me, it was just boring. <laughs> it, did, it, it did nothing for me whatsoever. Um, I get English patient kind of vibes when I look at the poster. To be honest, yeah, kind of. Um, you know, they're just in this kibbutz or whatever and they're just it's just like getting on with daily life you know uh-huh. so not, is there any sort of big war scenes or anything the last yeah. last 20 minutes half an hour and then I just found it a slog to be fair I mean as soon as it uh-huh. came on and it said what it's not like two hours ten minutes I thought oh yeah there we go mm-hmm. and it, it I really did find it a slog it the performances are good. The script, it's, it's too meandering. You know, it's just flat. Oh, nothing. You know, there's a couple of scenes halfway through where they come under, under fire and or a truck gets hijacked and that's about it, really. Mm. You know, I don't know about you, Mike, but it, 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 it you know, kind of really did pour me to tears. It, it, it didn't help that... On both sides, uh, there was a character who looked exactly like Henry Cavill, <laughs> who, who who was like the main focus. Like, yeah. like, like the, the, you know, the Egyptian guy who was sent to the front to sort of film these these scenes mm. is, um, you know, he, he 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 does look like he needs to be wearing a Superman outfit, and and mm. the, it just so happened that on the kibbutz side, on the Israeli side, there was a similar looking character with slightly curlier hair, and I, for ages I'm like going. Sorry, who are we following now? You know, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was a bit strange, um, and and the you know the fact that it starts in media res, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, so, but there you go. But I did like that opening actually with the sort of black and white photography. You know, because mm. when that started, I was like, oh, hang on, this this is interesting. You know, a bit bit different. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it um, it is too long. But I thought it does. It did yeah. a good job of trying to sort of, you know, it was sort of playing more to the strengths of the the Israelis, I guess. But it was relatively even-handed in that it gave you a sympathetic 
person on the Egyptian side. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. But if you know to sit to sort of you know to look through the eyes of, I guess. But um, yeah, it it you know considering my expectations were very low, um, I, I thought this was pretty decent overall. Yeah, not, mm. not not overly boring, I must admit. Yeah, it just didn't gel with me. It just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Steve, what are you going to score it? I give it a five. Okay, uh, I give it a seven out of ten. So a five and a seven for Image of Victory. Go check it out. Or go and watch Savage instead. (laughs) (laughs) Savage is brilliant. Love Savage. (laughs) Our short shot this week is Fatal Love. When a young man starts receiving mysterious calls from an unknown number, his marriage isn't the only thing which might not survive the night. Okay. Um, we're definitely in sort of like fatal attraction area here, guys. Um, Steve, over to you. Um, yeah, I was a bit underwhelmed by this, to be fair. Um, it's one of them where the main character, all he has to do is say, look, this bit, this woman keeps ringing me and she's off her head. And that, had, you know, kind of sort everything out, but it has to go into the melodrama of just keeps ringing, then you know, trying to split them up and gets kidnapped and tied up. And oh, no, 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 boring, boring, annoying. Didn't like this one at all, really didn't. <laughs> I, I thought the pharmacies were terrible, especially the main guy. I thought he was dreadful. And it kind of, what was the, was it the Beyonce? Was it Beloved? Obsessed. From, yeah, yes, that was the one. It just kind of reminded me of something like that, but in a 20-minute segment rather than, you know, an hour and a half or whatever. And it just, no, it fell flat with me completely, this one. Interesting. Um, Rich, over to you. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, you, you mentioned it already. I mean, it's a complete fatal attraction knockoff. Um, yeah. one, you know, Obsessed was a, was a one of those as well. There's been, there's been so many of them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame it's not more original, but I thought, you know, all things considered, it, it, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good version of fatal attraction and, and you don't normally see a version of that story with a, with a exclusively, uh, African American cast, so the the film has sort of a unique sort of feel to it, and I, I really like the way it was shot and the you know the the, the cinematography and the lighting and everything. It, it made it feel like a proper movie. So I quite like you know Fatal Attraction or you know or psycho thrillers or whatever you know or, you know of which we used to have tons of in the nineties mm-hmm. of, of various kinds, but the um, I quite like that sort of formula and although this sort of followed a beat for beat kind of very similar kind of thing I didn't I didn't mind that too much I, I just I had I had fun with it I quite like the performances Cornell Ross is the film's director he is also the lead character uh, whose name is Mike um, mm-hmm. and I really I, I like the you know love interest you know it is that kind of movie where it's got it's it is you know it's um, like Fatal Attraction and you know the original whatever it's very on the side of the guy, you know, it doesn't matter that he's been a jerk or whatever, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're just sort of naturally supposed to just sort of side with him, even though he's actually treating people quite poorly. Um, so, you know, sort of take that as ready. Um, but yeah, I like the sort of craziness of the, of the, um, of, I can't remember which of, which of the, um, the the women play that cat the, the character which one which one was the crazy one but I thought it was a, I just thought it was fun I liked it I just you know it was a bit different I get I see a lot of short films that are you know action or horror and whatever and I just felt like this one felt like a a different kind of genre that we don't really get to see very much of you know lots of people go into sort of fantasy and stuff but you don't really see conventional thrillers attempted in a short film format and I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
must admit, I, I didn't get a chance to see this properly. Um, but what I did see of it, I did thought it worked quite well. Um, the final scene, for example, you know, when the cop comes out and finds, oh, um, yeah, mm. I thought that was, you know, it did fit into that genre very well. Um, so, so, yeah, not too bad overall. We don't score the um, short shots, but we do recommend you check them out. And you will find a link to this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our DTV throwback this week is Backtrack. A psychotherapist has nightmares and sinister visions. Are they ghosts? Is it more than his daughter's death causing this? He returns to his childhood home and his father to put things to rest. Um, that was the synopsis from IMDb, by the way. I didn't get a chance to write anything down for this one. This stars Adrian Brody um, as our psychotherapist. And one of the uh, patients he has, or no, it's, it's, I think it's his <clears> mentor, is <throat> played by yeah. Sam Neill, um, who's also very good in this. Um, I really like this. It starts out as one thing and slowly develops into something completely different. You know, if you, you, you would not guess yeah. where this film was heading um, at all. It, it, you know, it's, it starts off like, oh, right, obviously this is a ghost girl or something that's coming around. But then it sort of, you know, it, it keeps layering things on. And I thought it worked really, really well. Um, Steve, what are your first thoughts on this? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> it. It does swing from like genre to genre, you know. It starts off, you know, like a little psycho analyst thriller, and then supernatural element comes in, and then you know, <clears throat> the ending is com- it, it starts off completely different film than what it ends up being, mm. and I enjoyed it for that, and I thought. Agent Brody did an absolutely fantastic Aussie accent. Mm. Um, yeah, really this is set in Australia. It. Yeah, this is set <clears> in <throat> Australia, we should point out. <laughs> yeah, but he absolutely nailed that, I think. And I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The only thing that I found weird mm. was his wife, mm. who's in the film for all of two seconds, if that. You know, he just off doesn't tell her where he's going yeah. or anything like that, you know. And I get it, grief hits people in different ways, but I'd be absolutely pissed, you know what I mean? Yeah. If someone did that with me, but you're where? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, really. I mean, there's a couple of decent jump scares in it as well, um, yeah. which I weren't really expecting, especially when he's like on the train. I think it is. Yeah, talking to one of his patients, and then. What I would suggest is, though, if you're thinking of watching it, do not check out IMDb because it absolutely spoils it completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I found. But yeah, no, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's an actress in this I really like, um, Robin McCleavy, who plays the um, the police officer at, um, when she goes, you know, visits when he goes visit home. Uh, she, mm. she was in. Um, which is a film called The Loved Ones, which if it ever turns up on Prime, I think I've heard movies, of it. It's it's is a that the, film. Like the prom. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I've not seen one. it, but I do know the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She 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 was in that. Um and she's awesome. She she was also in the TV series Hell on Wheels. Um so we sort of current role in that. Um, but she she's really good in this as well. Uh, we've also got Bruce Spence, of course, because it's an Australian film. He he turns up in this. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, I, I just really enjoyed it. As I said, you know, you, you think you've got it pegged at the beginning as, as to where it's going when, when this sort of spooky girl turns up and then it just goes, no, no, that's, you know, mm. that's, only a, that's only a small part of what's actually going on, you know. Um, and yeah, it, it sort of opens up, you know, it goes to a whole new location um, and yeah, it, it just really delivers. Uh, it, it's available on Freevee, so I think you get like a couple of advert breaks. About that's about it. But, um, I think it's on it's, some it's, other providers as well, like Pluto. I think it's on as well. Oh, yeah. 
Um, directed by a guy called Michael Petroni. Um, not familiar. Mainly a screenwriter. Screenwriter, yeah. Like he did the Queen yeah. of the Damned, The Book Thief, Chronicles of Narnia, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff he's done. And The Messiah yeah. TV show on Netflix, which unfortunately got cancelled after one series. Mm. But um, yeah, this is this is definitely worth checking out. Um, thoroughly enjoyed this one. Uh, glad to revisit it. So there you go. That is Backtrack. And that is the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich for sticking around. No problem. Sorry, I, I couldn't thought, watch more. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought this week's bunch, you know, um, more or less was definitely worth checking out. A um, couple of, couple of, not exactly duds, but, you know, pulled down the average a bit. But I don't know, just... I feel like I watched a couple of duds, to be honest. <laughs> mm. uh, well, yeah, just about. I, I got something out of them, I think, apart, apart from nine, nine rounds. But most of the stuff we covered this week, I thought was stellar. So, so there you go. Um, yep. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at the DTV Digest. Also check out the short shots uh, where Rich puts a new link to a short film every evening. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.